You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and as always, down in Austin, Texas, Graham Trainer. What are you up to tonight, Massey? I'm recording this podcast with you for the, like the next couple of hours. You know what I'm not doing? What's that? Playing fantasy football. Oh. Anymore. Mm. Anymore. Sorry about that. I have a quote that. from uh, Daniel Plainview. One night, I'm going to come to you inside of your house, wherever you're sleeping. I'm going to cut your throat. Yikes. Yikes. Was yeah. that, who is that directed at? That's what I'm – well, nobody. Nobody in particular. I think that was directed at me. Go ahead. Just explain a, it. I want you to go ahead and explain to everyone how I shattered your fantasy football dreams. I know no one cares about our fantasy football. I came in there as the underdog, and I came out victorious, and now you're sitting at home playing golf, and I have already been sitting at home playing golf since about week five, so I don't care. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Wait, wait. You play golf? No, I haven't sworn. If I tried to swing a golf club right now, I think my my arm would, would just – I would fear – I would – feel the the heat sensation of a full full swing in my shoulder it is it's a physically intense sport and uh so you're talking about the theoretical hypothetical golf yeah like i'm gonna send them home playing golf you know don't don't act like you don't know it is the hypothetical i'm sorry the view down in south texas isn't what it's like up here in fantasy football land where winners are winners champions will be champions Although I was, I was last in the league. I was la- here's this whole story. I was last in the league. Trainer needed a playoff spot. I came in hot, beat his team, kicked him out of the playoffs, and just played spoiler. And it hurt Trainer's feelings. He was very sad via text message. I could f- sense how sad he was. Yeah, still am. But I helped still our are. I helped Mysterious West, long time uh. Long-time listener, guest on the show, Mysterious West. We love you. Hope Virginia's doing great. I'm glad I could help you into the fantasy football promised land, brother. If you win, I'm expecting 10%. I've upped it. 10%, Wes. You're welcome. Well, you know I handle – you know I do um, I do handle the money, Massey, so I can make that happen for you if you never do that to me again. <laughs> All right, I'll do that. Whatever, Whatever deal makes me money. It doesn't matter to me. As long as I come out with a little bit of, you know, grease in the palms, I'm fine. I'm your CEO and your CFO as a fantasy football commissioner. That's enough about that. <laughs> so we spent about two minutes and 30 seconds more than I, we ever should about fantasy football. Uh, that's a, one, one mention a season and to close it out, put a tie a bow on it, then we're good. That, that's it. We are getting to that point in the season where we can just enjoy football. You know, I don't have to worry about lineups or anything. I can just sit there and enjoy football. And we're coming down to it. I think we're going to preview a good portion of the NFL this week after we get finished with the huddle because we don't have college football for a little bit. I mean, we got some bowl games coming in, but I don't think they're in for another 10 days or so. Well, all due respect to the Independence Bowl and the um, uh, New Orleans Bowl. Is that happening? Is that happening this week? Uh, Saturday. Saturday, Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. I can't believe I forgot. It's ridiculous. You got a ranked a ranked team playing Saturday. We're, we'll get to this, but uh, okay. Louisiana Lafayette ranked coachless, coachless raging Cajuns. Oh, that was um, Florida coach. That's where he's from. And God, Florida's doing so bad. They're going to be so bad for a while. South Carolina's raking it in. They had a bunch of yeah. hits in the transfer portal. Yeah. Did Spencer Rattler look that good against Texas's offense? So what I mean, defense. What what is he gonna look like against SEC defenses? Point taken. You know what? There you go. I remember it being a splashy headline, and that's as far as I. Remember. I was like, man, who did they get? It's it's like it's like Sam Darnold going to the Panthers. Yeah. That. Okay. All right. Point taken. I remember the I remember the headline crossed my desk, and I was like, wow. Okay, South Carolina. Okay, cool. And then went up on, and then just went about the rest of my life and forgot who it was. Um. Okay. Let's huddle up. You ready? The huddle is the good news of the week, your critical number of the week, something you are stuck on, your quote slash question of the week, which will be lengthy 
this week when we get to it. But trainer, I will kick it to you. What is your good news of the week? We got the Dallas Cowboys now at nine and four. They yep. beat their division opponent, the Washington Red Wolves, Redbirds, Red Hogs. Now they're seven and one in the conference, three and zero oh in the in a stack division again, mm. and one and zero oh against the Saints. So it's been great. That is a pretty solid year for the Cowboys. The Saints are looking, oh man, looking so bad. They're, the playoff picture is starting to shape up, and are, the Cowboys are coming in at the uh, what are they? The three seed, four seed. The four seed yeah, at nine and four behind Arizona, who looks a little shaky, but still, they uh they have they've played well. Yeah, the Cowboys are good, and it makes me hopeful for you. They're good. They show they show signs of of Cowboys of yesteryear trying to leak that game, just bleed out against the against uh, Washington, and then even though Washington had bench Heineke, they brought in Kyle Allen. Speaking of the Panthers. And Kyle Allen yeah, is still on a football good. team. What did they do? What happened to Fitzpatrick? Did he actually break his hip? He, I mean, he's out for the season. I forgot what he did. I mean, a broken hip at 39 makes sense. Yeah, he probably just slipped in the shower and didn't have life alert and sat there for hours. That's not funny. That's not funny. We're not making fun of anybody's grandparents that are slipped in the shower. Okay, moving on. My good news of the week. Deion Sanders has flipped the number one recruit in the country who's a cornerback. His name's Travis Hunter. Hunter, he decommits from Florida State and decides to go to Jackson State, an historically black college. He's talked trash. He's electric. And people out there are saying this is the death of college football as we know it. How could he possibly do this? We deny a big-time program, yada, yada, yada. And all I'm going to say is the best cornerback in the nation wants to go get coached by the best cornerback of all time and personality they've are almost a match and FSU is a junk show right now. Is anybody else shocked at this? I mean, it's shocking. Right, right. But if I put it in that perspective with all those details is a little bit, little bit more reasonable. You left the best part out. Yes. He went to Florida state. No, he didn't. He's not transferring to Florida state. From Florida no, State. No, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, Once Upon a Moon. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, yes. Yeah. I did leave that out. He also scorned his his uh, his Alma, and he, and people were burning his jersey like LeBron in 2012 or whatever that was. There is no reason for you to ever burn a Florida State Deion Sanders jersey. That eventually yeah. will like that. Those. I would want a Florida State signed Deion Sanders jersey. He was just so electric. Yeah, I saw one that was a framed Deion. I'm sure that was. I'm sure that thing was signed. And some somebody burned it because they're they're that mad. But yeah, I mean, it is definitely the 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 part I'm I'm confused about is I saw some quotes tonight from Dion about saying it's a lie that the NIL deal with Barstool had nothing to do with the transfer. I I don't know about that, Dion. Like let's let's call let's call a spade a spade, right? Let's just yeah, like it doesn't have to be. Out Why are we th- denying? Yeah, the thing, um, I thought Lane Kiffin, actually, this is not my quote of the week, but I read something where Lane Kiffin says, I hope all these players that are promised all this money get all these mo- gets all this money because they don't have contracts necessarily. They're kind of like, well, if you come here, you'll make hundreds of thousands of dollars, or if you're a big-time guy, or thousands of dollars from whatever. Like, I hope these guys, with all this money being promised, gets paid. I agree with Lane Kiffin. Make sh- someone out there... I don't know if you can have an agent. I don't know where the rules stand, but someone out there needs to be play liaison between kid and the shark infested waters. That is capitalism preying on young men that will, uh, that are highly talented, but not yet they're, I mean, they're 19 year old kids, uh, that don't know what the real world and money-making deals look like. They need to have someone in there with their best interest at heart. Yeah, somebody. Well, yeah, somebody in a professional sense, not like Des Bryant's uncle, who was famously screwing him over by being the middleman. Des Bryant's uncle? That is yeah. so cold. Blood uncle. Blood uncle. Oh he was my. trying to be like his liaison, but basically, kind of, I guess, kind of like causing so much, so many issues with so many different coaches or and whatnot when he was in college, when he went to Oklahoma State. And becoming a problem, even going into the NFL. So he probably, I mean, he probably cost Des Bryant, his nephew, millions of dollars along the way, and also burned some bridges. So you don't want somebody like that, but you want somebody that has like the best interest that 
is with an agency or something. Right. Yeah. What's your critical number of the week? 77%. I have no idea. This is the percentage of the season. Urban Meyer made it as head coach of the regular season. All right. I mean, actually, we're going to the playoffs. So um, as head coach before his dismissal. Urban Meyer is such a clown. And I want people not to relish in the fact that he got fired. I would like y'all to relish in the fact that we had him for 77% of the season and he got thrust in the spotlight again just so it can remind people of how chaotic and slimy this person is. Yeah, and since August, I've got four out of like several more, but these are the four highlight moments since August. That Urban Meyer's so this, these are my quotes and this is my quotes of the week. So maybe I can add on to this, but uh, yeah, yes. please, please go ahead. Cause I have pages of notes. Oh yeah. Chronolo- chronologically uh, hires a racist bigot coach. Chris Doyle uh, and, from Iowa. Yeah, exactly. Chris Doyle. Doyle does not rule. Uh, hires Tim Tebow. As can I, a can I, can I get a quote? On, so one of my quotes was this after the hire of Chris Doyle. He said, quote, we did a very good job vetting that one. End vetting. quote. <laughs> Urban Meyer. Yikes. Go ahead. Tim Tebow. Tim Te- tired Tim Tebow as a mascot for the preseason. He knows where the bodies are buried, so that makes sense. Exactly. Uh, bar video lap, lap dance with not his wife surfaces. Okay, before that, can, can, I, can I give you a timeline? Do you remember yeah. the media has been a frenzy over Urban Meyer? Just, just the uh, the week before, the week before he admits to I forget which coach, his quote that leaked from their conversations like, "Man, every week is like playing Alabama in the NFL." Oh, that, it's that like Urban, one. Urban, dude, you're in the NFL. <laughs> Go ahead. That's a previous quote on this show. Please download all our old podcasts. Uh, and then I skipped ahead. You probably have a couple in here, but kicking his own kicker. Josh Lambeau. Let's not overlook. You mentioned the video of him at a bar. Let's not yes. overlook. I l- remember that picture of him where he just looked absolutely dead in his eyeballs. And we were like, oh, he's clearly had too more many. Than usual. Yeah. Go ahead. I said more dead behind the eyes than usual, but yes, continue. So that's where I was going. I- I've seen some pictures of him lately and I was like, he's either that hammered on the sidelines or He's just dead inside forever. He's been dead inside for years, and we're just now being exposed. You ever look into a shark's eyes? Doll eyes. Doll Soulless eyes. eyes. Soulless eyes. You ever look into a shark's eyes? Black, Black eyes. Black soulless eyes. Yeah, that is that is Urban Meyer. And that was when he didn't fly back with the team, and he – Try to lie his way out of that, just like he tried to lie his way out of Chris Doyle, and then he benches James Robinson and lies and says, "Oh, that's not my decision." Um, and go ahead with the jo- kicking of Josh Lambeau because the quotes coming out of this story are incredible. Oh yeah, I'll I'll leave the quotes for you. I just love that he kicked his own kicker. I thought that was just that just you can't you can't write this stuff. You can't. And so Josh Lambeau is on the IR, so he's not playing for uh, the Jags right now. He he did something to his hip. I think he only played four games this year. And Josh Lambeau speaks on, I think, uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Times. And the situation was he's do, he's stretching before practice, and he's doing a lunge stretch. So he, ex- he explains himself in, like, left foot forward, right foot back or whatever it is. You're, he's down in the lunge. And Urban Meyer, here's the Josh Lambeau perspective from telling the story. Urban Meyer comes up to me and says, hey, dip blank, make your effing kicks. And then he kicked him in the leg. And while Lambeau goes on to say, he's like, he didn't kick me like a kill shot, but it was a five out of a 10. And Josh Lambeau gets a lot of credit. And this is what might be like a crack in the armor at the very beginning. When Urban Meyer did that, Urban Meyer did it as a bully who's thinking he's going to have impunity. Josh Lambeau just fires back and goes, don't you ever effing kick me. Like, right to the head coach's face. Like, who do you think you are? And I bet you you everyone on the team was like, what was that? It just comes off as like a bully. And why is your employer hitting you? Like, that's – that's what it boils down to. I know there's football guy, and I know they're rough and tough, but like the head coach, the bully, the most untouchable person goes and kicks 
one of the least physical is the least physical position on the field acts tough towards him. It's like, really? Why don't you go push down the water boy next with urban? You loser. I um, mean, kicking, yeah, just kicking, especially kicking an injured leg of a kicker and not knowing like that's a conflict of interest. I'm sure that when you know, the meme of like the, the, the woman, like taking her grandma to like this and it's like, Okay, whatever. I, I bet like there's coaches that are like, like whatever, Coach Urban. You're not coaching a college team anymore. And he's like, Oh, I didn't know where I was right now. I thought I could. I thought I could kick my players because I'm I'm the the dictator of Ohio State or Florida. Yeah. The the quote that got dug up was from 2019, and Jim Harbaugh said this quote, and he got he got vetted today. I forgot on what website, but it was like, Hey, look at this 2019 quote from Jim Harbaugh. It says. When when speaking upon uh, about Urban Meyer, he goes a really phenomenal record wherever he has been, but also controversy follows where where he's been. So Jim Harbaugh, you get two you get two dunks this year. You dunked on Ohio State, and in mm-hmm. 2019 you called it from a mile away, before he's even thought of as a Jags head coach. Back when the world was a normal place, it was like this guy just reeks wherever he goes there's this a stench about him and you know what part of me is sad what are we going to do when urban myers slinks back to ohio and we don't hear from him again in years until he pops up on a fox news desk fox sports desk that is that is a sad a sad perspective to have yeah i mean he's got to be done you think you think who do you think coaches next ogeron or urban ogeron okay yeah. Unless Ogeron gets like a lifetime appointment at LSU, he might be done. He might have he might have accomplished a lot of the goals that he wanted to accomplish as a football coach. Urban Meyer, I've said this from the beginning, but Urban Meyer, I felt like to me just one just needed a paycheck. And so he went to the Jags and got paid for a year of professional football, got a signing bonus, did everything in his power to get fired. And then just finally they were just like, we've had enough. He even has a quote in here that says, the coach is not supposed to be a distraction. Like, you just lie your way through all the media through all the media press conferences and you think that other people don't have eyes and ears in the locker room? Like, you think you can – that when you shut that door, you're the only person in there that allows anything out? No, these are grown men, grown businessmen, all making business decisions. And their CEO, they're like, dude, this guy's a complete loser. And they're able, like, here's here's just like one beautiful Urban Meyer quote after the next. Like, just pick one and the, print it in the press. Like, look how sleazy this dude is. He got away with it in college. He can't just lie his way out of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Well, it's one thing. It's another one of those a testament to like him not knowing or being in in over his head. I'm sure in in when he was in uh, at Florida or Ohio State, he could kick the media off the field whenever he wanted to. But like the NFL media is a whole different monster, even though he's in Jacksonville and not in New York city. I'm sure he's just like, Oh, I wasn't able to manage the media. Like I wanted to. Oh, I can't but, uh, control the narrative. Back, yeah. To go back to what you said, I'm a little worried now. Cause did urban Meyer win? Because he's just going to get a paycheck. Now he doesn't have to work. Like he would have had to for Fox. So did he win? He might, he might've accomplished every goal that he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I know. Wait, can we, can we sue him? Teton Sports Talk. We have it. We'll get our attorneys on it. Also, th- did the media and the NFL establishment kind of go after Urban Meyer? Go, yeah, from the beginning, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a. He was already like, you know, had a had a weird. He's always had a weird exit from places, as Harbaugh stated. By the way, great year, the year of Harbaugh. Um, but I, I'd say that he was definitely being gone after the most of any coach going into the season because there's just such a big name. It's a college coach jumping the NFL. It's a controversial coach. And it's just another guy who like really didn't earn his way up the NFL ranks to be like a coordinator would to become a head coach in the NFL. So people all media wise wanted to get him fired from day one, which is fine. Which fine, fine by me. Uh, I loved all the leaks. Oh yeah. The leak where he called all his assistant Coaches, some with some with Super Bowl rings, losers. Like, y'all are losers, and I'm a winner. They're like, no, 
No, coach. I've I've won Super Bowls. I'm I'm a winner. Loser, loser, loser. And you're like, oh my gosh, like this guy's such an idiot. He just walked around with his crystal football from his BCS trophy with Florida. Just with the like, most. This is a winner. Dead eyes you've ever seen. So, to wrap up, Urban Meyer, you suck and you know it. That's all I have to say about that. We'll miss you. We'll miss you, Urban. We'll, we'll see you on Fox News. <laughs> We'll see you at Urban Meyer's Bar and Grill with your hand down somebody's pants. My critical number of the week is the 12. Is 12. 12th man. It is the 12 hypothetical teams that would have made the college football playoff and what that playoff would have looked like this year if we followed the proposed rules they uh, said in June. So we're following yeah. those guidelines. So let me let me let me give it let me give it let me give it to you real quick. So there would be 12 teams. Six teams would have basically the in the first round, four teams would have a bye. Is that 12 teams? Two, four, six, eight, eight teams. There we go. Eight teams. Four yes, four games. Eight teams would have to play, and then they would play the top four seeds, the conference champions, the highest ranked conference champions. When they said all this in June, it made zero sense to me. It now makes sense to me now that I can put a name next to the number. The highest ranked conference champions would have a buy. So in this case, Alabama would be the one seed. Michigan would be the two seed, their conference champ. Cincinnati would be the three seed. And Baylor would be the fourth seed because they're higher, the highest ranked Big 12 champion. So, Old Miss and Oklahoma State would play to see who played Alabama. Georgia, because they came in second in the SEC, would play Pitt in order to play Baylor. They're the 5-12 and 12 in order to play the four-seed Baylor. Notre Dame and Utah, Utah being Pac-12 champion. Notre Dame is the sixth seed and Utah the 11th, respectively. They would, have the, they would play to see who played Cincinnati. And Ohio State would play Michigan State to see who played the two-seed Michigan Wolverines. Does that all make sense? You following that? I do, I do. And I, I'd like to mention that if this had happened, you'd have Kenny Pickett still playing yes. football, and you'd have Kenneth Walker Jr. still playing football because these two have opted out since. Yes, very, very, very good point. What would make this even better is yeah. that Ole Miss would play at home, against Oklahoma State. Georgia would play at home against Pitt. Pitt. Notre Dame would play at home against Utah. Ohio State would play at home against Michigan. And then those got, And then as they moved on, the home team would be Alabama, Baylor, Cincinnati, Michigan. And then you move into the bowls. So in the, the semis, yeah. you start having bowls. And then the finals, you have, you have at a bowl site. So like the Sugar Bowl or whatever. That would be electric and I'm look I'm thinking that every single school would like a <coughs> a bite of the playoff pie. <coughs> would there not I didn't I didn't realize the part about like Ole Miss would be playing at, like at Oxford. So there would those would not be ball games. Those would not be like your um New Year's Eve day after like New Year's Day type bowls. Like those would not be cotton bowl, peach bowl, gator bowl. Those would be like that. for the highest seed those would be home home bowls. Okay. I mean I mean home games. Right, right. Just, yeah, either way, I didn't know if that if that become a monetary thing where the bowl the bowl teams would fight to have those as bowl games. I mean, the bowl. Sorry, the committee slash sponsors would want to have these as bowl games instead of having them like Ole Miss gets to like get a revenue home game because that's and, and and like TV rights or whatever. I don't know how all that stuff always works. Right. But I don't know if that was a discrepancy. The best thing that the college football has ever done has distanced themselves from the NCAA. The NCAA comes and proposes stuff, and they're like, "Get out of my face! You get nothing. That you get zero sense of college football." And the bowl, I'm assuming that the bowls had. They were like, "Wait a minute, let's work in some bowls into this. Like, let's have our system still be intact." That's why they left the semis and the uh, and the final in the bowl. The bowl setup. But the round one and the quarterfinals as home games is probably kind of like the, the carrot at the end of the stick for 
college football programs to to chase, right? So they're like, well, if we get two more home games, or or excuse me, one more home game apiece, then that's that's money for us, and then you get the uh, what you have now. You have the Final Four and the championship. You keep your piece of the pie. I'm sure there's some sort of negotiation there where they haven't quite figured that part out, but it would be, that would be electric. It'd be an, an absolute electric first round. Yeah, I like that, and I like the part like having it a home game, especially for a team like Georgia, who is in the college ball playoff, but they wouldn't be a bye team in this scenario or be slash be the uh, in the top four. So having them be able to have a home game in Athens at least kind of alleviates it being a little unfair that they're ranked behind Baylor. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I I just I saw that and I just licked 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 my lips. I was like, this is mm-hmm. a beautiful beautiful thing. What is your stuck on this week? So when you <laughs> we're off the air, you spoiled your stuck on, and I said, oh, that's so funny. I won't spoil yours. And this is one of our best cycle moments of all time. My stuck on is Luca is also fat. Why are our, <laughs> why are Zion and Luca so fat? So I have a formal apology to Massey and the Williamson estate, his Zion and his family yes. um, for, yeah, for being a hypocrite. Yeah. There you oh. go. <laughs> yeah, I want that in writing trainer. You got a fatty on your team too. And guess what my, uh, guess what I get? That's my Turkey. Guess what my side, my side is. What? The, the Kyrie Irving trade rumors. I have not, I've not seen this. Oh, I dig deep, buddy. Wait, what are how strong are these rumors that Kyrie will play for the Mavs? I mean, there's there's a little bit of like you know trading Porzingis, getting Kyrie. I think that you know obviously there's less of a intense mandate in Dallas than there is in for him playing for Brooklyn, who he has to be vaccinated to be mm. able to be able to play home games. So that would at least like you know alleviate a little bit of that. So it would make sense which is a weird thing to say, like, oh, is he a good trade candidate? Yeah, because Dallas doesn't care as much about being vaccinated. Like, that's, like, the modern-day sports world we're in. But Mm -hmm. that's, like, the part where they're looking for, you know, you're playing, like, the trade carousel, and you're just coming up with your own trade proposals for teams, and you're like, oh, where would Kyrie fit? Oh, in a team in a city that that cares less. So, (laughs) How would he fit fit with Luka on the team? Like, how could – well, you think of you think of Luca. Luca's like a a younger, fat, poor man's LeBron. So he could definitely because like he worked with LeBron for a little while. Obviously, they won a title together. So uh, Kyrie's got obviously elite handle and can play off the ball. So it's not it's not a situation where you take the ball out of Luca's hands. So it would it would actually be a pretty good fit. I think I think you're in a world world of hurt with Kyrie. He's a coach killer. He's a distraction. He's an absolute baller. But he just there's something follows him around. I mean, he he just couldn't be alpha over LeBron James because LeBron James, like, dude, I've been doing this since you've been in middle school, and so he like couldn't do it. The media w- wasn't going to buy onto it, and then he went to other teams where he just was the center of attention and just blew it up, and it for no good reason. And I mean, maybe he he does, but like he was such a distraction with the flat earther stuff and. He just hasn't been a reliable person in the locker room. It it just seems like he is a good, not a good, a great basketball player whose main focus is not basketball. And while that is cheesy and corny to say, that does hold some merit when someone is like, you know what, I don't love basketball enough to make it a priority in my life. I'm going to do something else. Like, well, then maybe just do something else. If you don't like basketball, then don't play basketball. It's kind of like Phil Simmons. Like, do you actually like basketball or you just happen to be six foot six and can jump out of the gym? Like, so just do something else. I mean, that's yeah, easy for that's right. easy for me to say as my fat self sits in a chair and talks about superior athletes, but I'll let you continue. No, I mean, to be clear, I was not excited for these trade rumors. I was saying Luca being fat and then also pile on top that Kyrie's a potential trade candidate for the Mavs not not super stoked right now I, I I warned you about the Mavs back back when we started the show or started talking about the NBA in like October mm. and they were they started hot and then I guess Luca's you know lack of being in shape coming into training camp um what does he do he he like what does he do at halftime it's something crazy like he he did, he eats Taco Bell or drinks like malt I don't know milkshakes or something he's he's just he's just a little out of control so 
yeah, he and Zion are different levels of chubby right now. And we talked about the shoe blowout, which was a huge foreshadowing precursor from Duke. But it we, all comes are, back right? to Duke and Nike. Um, yeah, Zion is Fat. big. He had a foot injection. He had a, he had an injection into his foot. They said four to six weeks, but I don't really know what's going on. Something did. Did you see the exciting finish that the Pelicans had against the Thunder? I did. I missed it. So the Thunder hit a three. There's like this prayer of a three. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I didn't know that was against the Pelicans. I did see that. Yeah, yes. yeah. They hit. A, so here for the listener, it is Thunder hits a three. One and one point four seconds left. Ties the game. Everyone thinks it's going to overtime. And everyone's kind of standing around, sort of like playing like token defense, not to foul. And I forgot who it was, launched it 74 feet as as the buzzer went off and everyone got excited. And I was like, all right, excitement, excitement around the Pelican organization. They beat the Thunder who lost, who set a record for them by losing by 78 points against the Timberwolves. Like, congrats, Pelicans. Looking up. <laughs> excitement uh, at the bottom. What a deep league. What a <laughs> really day in and day out excitement from the NBA. Uh, let's do a little bit of NBA just off the top of my head as we round out the huddle. Oh, excuse me. My bad. Mm-hmm. What is your quote or question of the week? He's got greasy hips. Oh, is this this uh, already? I know this is an NFL scout saying something. Yep. Yep. Todd McShay on, um, on. Yeah, go ahead. Because we've had, he's got big joints describing Brendan yep. Armstrong and Mac Jones plays on time. And now we on have time. greasy hips. Greasy hips. This I is about it. a defensive player. I forgot who it was. This is Todd McShay talking about a defensive player's draft stock right now. I think it was like the Georgia, what's the Georgia player's name that's not the, the famous dude who's like eight foot 10 and weighs like 400 pounds? That's Jordan Davis. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I should have. I should have Another seen guy. their Greasy. name plates as they tossed tossed the ball over their heads all game long, but I, I failed to min- see it. Greasy yeah, hits. Greasy. Yeah, the newest, the newest. Uh, we need to make a list. Just keep keep it going. So we got yeah. You you you've kept a good you've kept a good list in your head going of thick thick joints and on on time for meetings. What was it? Oh no, he plays on time. Meaning he's on time. He makes he's his reads, makes his reads at the proper time, which I've never heard before. I guess it makes all of this makes sense, sort of. And I look at Brendan Armstrong, and I'm like, "You do have big hips. You have big hip joints." That yeah, we had we've had big hands before. That was kind of the precursor, or like he's six foot one and a half was like the over under where you'd want to be, and like it just it dates back to before. I'm sure like you know Johnny Unitas. It was like he's got a nice crew cut. And he does the the two step drop like a like a magician back oh, in the forties or whatever. I'm sure with Johnny Unitas and all those guys, he's got a firm handshake and he looked me in the eye and introduced himself. It's like okay, he can play QB. Yeah, he can he can have three cigarettes at halftime and still play a hell of a second half. Yeah, he only has he only has three cigs at halftime. Other guys are out there smoking smoking <laughs> it back. Uh, I wanted to break into the NBA a little bit. Just looking at the leaders of the of the West, or how about this? In the West, mm-hmm. I want to talk about L.A., but more importantly, I want to talk about Steph Curry beating Ray Allen, a.k.a. Jesus Shuttlesworth, all-time three-point record. That is something to hang your hat on, and Steph did it in five less years or whatever it was. Yeah, what is Steph, 32? I mean, he's got, like, if he's going to shoot threes, he can play until he's, until he's you know, in at 38, 39, 40, I'm sure. Yeah, Steph, what what an unbelievable like story that it was. He played for Liberty. He played for in college. He played for Davidson, Davidson in Carolina. Yeah, lit up the NCAA tournament. Golden State took a chance on him. He had a uh, a lot of ankle and feet injuries. He then got healthy and just has lit up the leagues. Won three championships, mm-hmm. and. What a just incredible story the whole Steph Curry thing is. But I was talking about it today with a buddy, and I was like, what if Ray Allen took that role and he got game and then stunk it up? Like he didn't become the all-time three-point right. leader. Right. What That's a good point. Yeah, like he took a very big gamble of getting on the screen with Denzel Washington and then having a killer NBA career. 
yeah, but that doesn't happen. Like Space Jam is one thing. Michael and LeBron were obviously well into their careers and established themselves as Hall of Famers, but he really did call his shot starring, uh, co-starring with uh, Denzel and saying like, yeah, this is who I'm going to be. It's, it's pretty super sweet. Um, Lakers, real quick. Are they bad? Are they good? They're bad. They're real bad. Not a good fit. I feel like Anthony Davis is having a bad season. LeBron can't stay healthy. Westbrook looks like a complete mess. Isaiah Thomas is on a 10-day deal with them. They're bringing in Isaiah Thomas to, to, you know, put put them over the hump. Well, we got all the time in the world to talk NFL. You ready? Yeah, I was going to do a quick uh, college football check-in first. Oh, please. Don't let me get ahead of myself. College football. So we got Saturday, we got UAB, uh, BYU, BYU favored by seven. Um, this is the Independence Bowl. Fun fact for you, Massey. Mm-hmm. I went to the 1994, I had to look this up, what day, what year it was. The 1994 UVA versus TCU Independence Bowl. This is in Shreveport, Louisiana. That was the year that uh, Tanya Harding went after Nancy Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. It's the year that um, Kurt Cobain died. And the, and the famous white Bronco was seen in L.A. driving around the freeway. 94. We thought things would get – and things have only gotten stranger. <laughs> um, the Independence Bowl, I was like, Philadelphia? You went all the way to Philadelphia? And then you told me Shreveport, Louisiana. And I was like, all right. That part's confusing. Uh, I do like the fact that it's um, BYU going down to Louisiana. Get yourself some culture down there, boys. Um, go, I, go think see, BYU, uh, I think BYU is going to beat the hell out of them. They're a good team. Jameis will show you around all the all the great eateries. Yeah, yeah. Jameis Jameis knows ways around some James, good cooking. James, sorry, Zion and Jameis. I guess they're both there, but Zion will you know he can be the food guy. He'll give you a tour. He knows where all the spots are. Uh, I think BYU is going to blow them out. Honestly. Oh, you do. Uh, Marshall um, versus uh, Louisiana Lafayette, the aforementioned New Orleans Bowl. Um, Louisiana Lafayette's fared by five. Know nothing about these teams. Not not a Except thing. We are, we are Marshall and the Florida coach going. What's the, what's his name again? Yikes, dude. That's a that t- I tucked away that file somewhere deep in my brain, and I can't access it off the top of my head. But keep talking. Yeah. I'll look it up right now. Next guy. Next guy that will leave Florida in a few years. So yeah, these are the games we got so far. I think there's games going into next week where they're actually on weekdays, maybe the next Friday is a bigger list of teams. Uh, but yeah, bowl season started and Billy Napier. These games st- Napier. Yeah. Obviously these games stink, but you know, it's fun to see college football. Uh, the, the break is over after a underwhelming Heisman. All right. So here, here's a fun fact about Marshall. Um, yeah, well, yeah, well, they played in the GMAC Bowl in Mobile, so they they come down to the Gulf Coast and play quite frequently in, in their bowl games. And that was the game that Brian Leftwich played on a broken leg and got help ah. down the field was the GMAC Bowl in Mobile, and they practiced at our uh, at our school. They our football field was close to where their their hotel was or something, and they they practiced there. I got to see Brian Leftwich, and he was gigantic. To a 15-year-old or 16-year-old Massey, I was like, oh, my God. That guy plays quarterback? He was as big back as his lineman. The, this is back when the Jaguars were cool. <laughs> before, before Urban. Yeah. Byron Leftwich. <laughs> yeah, and what a hell of a career he's had. What it, it's Certainly Brian Leftwich is either going to take Tomlin's job in how – well, Tomlin's young. Brian Leftwich should be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, look at there. Jags. We'll make it happen. Full circle. I like that. That's not a bad narrative. I like I like all of that. All right. So, what else? He you can got? fix. He can refix or fix Trevor Lawrence or whatever Urban did to Trevor Lawrence before he exited, ruining him. Are we? We're not there yet with Trevor Lawrence, right? Every. No. I feel like as a the NFL will give him a pass for for this year. Yeah, everybody's gonna give him a pass. It's all on Urban. We, we, he gets season two to like get under a better. You know, I mean, seriously, like Byron Leftwich is probably the best candidate as an offensive coordinator, ex-quarterback, especially like the I'm going home back to Jacksonville. Like that's a huge, you know, it's a huge plus to add on the on the resume. That's a great that's a great reunion. I like that. I didn't even think of that. 
I'm so smart. I'm just so smart. The um, yeah, I there's no way Trevor Lawrence seems like a pretty mature dude. He's probably like okay, and also they have a running back in place. James Robinson's great. Yeah, and they'll have ETN back next year. Yeah, so Jacksonville, don't you hold hold on a little bit of a hope here. All right, so what else we got in college football? No, that's it. That's I mean, oh, those are all right. good points. I mean, they don't have to look. They don't have to look. Speaking of college football, Jacksonville doesn't have to look for a new quarterback like you know twenty teams have to every year at least. So they have that going for them too. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Um, I had oh yeah, NFL wise, I did want to do a quick. You've been asking about MLB, and I was stumped because I was not paying attention. Yes. So quick update. Quick update on the lockout. Um. Manfred saying we imposed a lockout out of the desire to drive the process forward to an agreement now, which was on December 3rd. There's still no agreement. So bull cough on that one. And I've read that they've had to take all player content off of their website. So now they just show Hall of Fame videos, the movie Field of Dreams, or um, what was the other thing? Ah, I forgot it, but those were like the things they're just showing instead of having the players actually on their website and their and, and Instagram, et cetera. They can't actually put the, the uh, likenesses of players on right now. The, that's in the agreement of the previous agreement or something? Yeah. yeah. The, not like their social media presence was that great. They, they leak all their most prestigious yeah. awards during Monday Night Football, or they'll be like, oh, the MLB. What? It, it just seems – they seem foolish, you know, and there's all these articles about like, how can the MLB stay relevant? I'm like, do get a hire a marketing firm. Yeah, somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, so nothing there besides if you want to go watch Field of Dreams, go to MLB.com, stream <laughs> stream your favorite baseball shows. Streaming 24-7. I mean, why don't we just form a league of their own? Just have a girls girls league, like a league of their own and starring Tom Hanks. This isn't going to end anytime soon. They got plenty. They got all of winter to to add some major leagues, some bull Durham's to the mix. Maybe little big league. Maybe rookie of the year. What's the What's the crazy one where they, there's like a fan that goes and kills somebody that's named number thirteen because he was his uh, Robert wow. De Niro. What is that? The fan yeah. swim fan. What that's, is that? It's swim fan. Uh, great movie, by the way. The best swimming swimming movie of all time. Um, yeah, the fan with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes, where Wesley Snipes plays oh, Bobby something, and De Niro's obsessed with him. He was a, it was bas- it basically was doing the Barry Bonds narrative, where it was like Wesley Snipes played for Atlanta, and then he went to San Francisco, and he becomes way too cool for school. So they were kind of like playing on it's a loose Barry Bonds story. But the fan part of it was ridiculous because, yeah, he kills, he murders, spoiler, he murders um, the Latin baseball player who's played by Benicio Del Toro. He murders him in a sauna because he's getting all the uh, love and clout in San Francisco ahead of Bobby, who the fan, played by De Niro, is obsessed with. So he murders him so Bobby, Wesley Snipes' character, can be the best player on the Giants. Great movie. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, what? Is anyway, this what fans were? Is this what I'm turning into? Am I going to murder somebody? All right. We got 15 minutes. We got to get to the NFL. The AFC playoff picture is crowded. A lot will be decided this weekend. I'll let you take the lead on this one. Well, yeah, we got Dark Knight here playing tonight. Yes. Kansas City is down 13 to 14 as we speak. Kansas City was favored by three. This is at the Chargers. So there's a huge AFC uh, playoff picture, but also AFC West. But basically looking at the Broncos and Raiders are still in it, but they're definitely not really up for grabs. This is a two-man race for the AFC West title. So I haven't had this one decided tonight, but exciting to see Herbert versus Mahomes on Thursday Night Football. This is the future of of the NFL. The Herbert – the Herbert, uh, the Herberts, and the Mahomes, and of the league, and I'm blanking on the, all the young quarterbacks: Mac Jones, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Mm, the, the the future of this league is now Daniel Jones, people like that. <laughs> what Daniel Jones? 
You know who's won the <laughs> you know who's won the least games in the last like ten years is the Giants. Are the Giants? Yeah, but how many? Just like we said, we give Trevor Lawrence a a second year. Are we going to give Daniel Jones a fourth year, fifth year, or is he? Are the Giants going to go fishing for a quarterback in the draft? He's definitely on the fence. On the fence on that one. I would say so. He can't he can't hold onto the ball. He fumble like some no. of the some of the mistakes that he makes are a little past like scheme and schematics and it's more like you need to stop fumbling the ball every single game you average one and a half fumbles a game yeah daniel jones is the future of xfl or canadian football league or something but so he's got a future we're excited for him <laughs> i mean we jake from jake from started for the the giants or not started but got in there was a jake from spotting on the giants there's your future. there's your future jake jake from uh, New England at Indianapolis. Indianapolis favored by two and a half. Wentz versus Mac Jones. Um, yeah, this is uh, Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator from the Super Bowl when the Eagles beat Bill Belichick's Tom Brady's Patriots. So kind of a fun, like, uh, come, this will be a pretty important game for Indianapolis, obviously, at home. Yes. And fighting for a spot where New England is definitely pushed ahead in the AFC East. So in the AFC, New England is – Right now, the number one seed in the AFC at nine and four. The Colts are the sixth seed, and they're at seven and six. So this, has, I mean, this is a big. I mean, you can just see how crowded, crowded the AFC is. This is a huge game for the Colts. It's kind of like, it's an are you for real game. Like you've been kind of right. doing some things, Colts. Carson Wentz, you've been kind of doing things. You're better than your. Supposed to be, I guess New England is better than they're supposed to be, but they're at sitting at nine and four. Huge kind of like you can jump up if New England loses and the Colts win. The AFC is looking at this game squarely. Colts favored by two and a half. I think I like the Colts. I think yeah, Indianapolis is going to be rocking. Yeah, there's got to be there's got to be like a, a quick coming down to earth game for the for the Patriots. I feel like the Bills are going to. Make a, I mean, the Bills have been down, but I feel like they're going to make a little run at this at the end. Mac Jones has a hard, hard schedule the rest of the way before going into the playoffs. But the regular season's tough for them, and yeah, if the the Colts want to stick in this thing, they're going to have to win this game at home. Uh, Green Bay at Baltimore. Lamar is got a big Q or questionable next to his name. Uh, Green Bay fair by five and a half. This is the spiritual, spiritually vaxxed versus the anti-vax. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antibodies, versus, antibodies versus versus antibodies. Yeah, but it might be Trevor Huntley behind center for Baltimore. So to be to be determined. That that will be that will. Well, I don't know. They Baltimore last week looked pretty good. Like I guess the Browns didn't score in the second half, which helped the Ravens get back in the game. It all if Lamar Jackson. Can it ha- he has to be above ninety percent? Having both ankles hurt on a quarterback that has does Lamar Jackson have greasy hips? Oh yeah, very greasy. Okay, well, I'm, no. I think I'm starting to know what greasy hips mean. <laughs> the threat of Lamar Jackson taking off for forty yards is one of his biggest attributes as quarterback. I think Green Bay, even with a with a hobbled. I think Green Bay wins despite a either a hobbled Lamar Jackson or a not starting Lamar Jackson. I think Green Bay's got this game in the bag. They're playing yeah, totally they're agree. playing ridiculous football right now. Yeah. Baltimore just they've won so many games, including that Lions game by Justin Tucker kicking a ball that hit the upright and went over. And no, not the upright, the the balance beam. Crossbar. Crossbar. Yeah. So I think Baltimore's been winning by the skin of their teeth and they're starting to kind of devolve. And like now the AFC North is going to be a little more crowded than it was like Baltimore is kind of pulling away for a while there, but now it's like all these teams, like the seven and six Browns, the six, six and one Steelers, the seven and six Cincinnati Bengals. So it's yeah, seven a, and six. Yeah. It's going to be a good, good photo finish race. I feel like in the AFC North now that Baltimore has started to really like show like that they are not, as good as their record was for a while there. Can you, can we, I don't know what tier you have this in, but let's talk about the Bengals at seven and six playing at the Broncos seven and six Broncos favored by two and a half. Batman returns. Um, excuse me. I didn't, I'd, I'd also, I wanted to talk about this game. Yes. 
But I also wanted to talk about where the the Browns playing the Raiders on Saturday. Raiders yep. favored by three and a half because half the Browns are on the COVID-19 list. And the Browns need to win this game. This is another AFC game where the Browns, like, we need, because of the crowded situation that you just mentioned, the Browns mm-hmm. need to need a win. And they need to beat a bad Raiders team that have that has been sputtering for a month now. I can't remember the last time the Raiders won. Yeah, but still, uh, well, they beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, um, no, I think I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed that was convenient. But the Raiders are still in this thing. They're six and seven. So this is a yeah, one team's going to be six and eight. The Raiders lose. The Browns go to eight and six. But the Browns and Raiders could also be tied at seven and seven after this game's over. If the Raiders win. Correct. All of yeah, that. Cincinnati at Denver. Um, yeah, Denver favored by two and a half at home. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, good young Broncos squad. Teddy Bridgewater, great game manager. We'll, that we'll, that's, that about sums it up. Cool, cool seeing the Demarius Thomas love last week. Uh, do we still have a story on Demarius Thomas? Yeah, I uh, don't. Uh, yeah, 30, 32, 33. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've not, I've not circled back to see if there was anything new they come out about that but um yeah this is another this is just another another example of seven and seven this is like pretty much like cincinnati can pull away be eight and six but they can also let denver win the game and denver's eight and six so kind of like one of those you know these are like miniature playoff games in week 15 that are going on that can have a lot that will have have a lot of impact on after week 17 is over or sorry week 18 these days week 18 is over and we're looking for teams that are going to make the playoff the seventh seed in the uh, AFC right now the seventh seed in the AFC is the Buffalo Bills they need to get on track but like you said somewhere in in their building are a bunch of wins no matter who the opponent is they just need to play their best game Cleveland Cincinnati and Denver are eight nine ten respectively and so top seven make the playoffs those three teams all have significant games Cincinnati and Denver at each other if Teddy Bridgewater can make it to the playoffs, is he QB1 next year going into training camp? No. Okay. Oh. I feel like kind of feel like we've got a remember our boy Case Keenum when he took Minnesota to the NFC title game the next year they were like, "Yeah, we're good. We're going to go with Kirk Cousins." <laughs> so, that's I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I feel like they'll I feel like quarterbacks will well, you never know. Right now, it seems like quarterbacks will not really go. Maybe Pickett would go in the top 10. It seems right now, but all this stuff changes so much in the next four or five months where all these quarterbacks that are picked to go between 10 and 30 will actually end up jumping to the, to being like, the you know, picks 1, 7, 15, 13, 12, et cetera. And so right now, it looks like, you know, Denver could probably not have to, unless they want to try to woo Russell Wilson or – Aaron Rodgers away, if that's even possible, or maybe Deshaun Watson as well. Who knows what's going on there? But um, if the Broncos don't go the veteran route, then they'll probably look at the draft and try to pick a quarterback in the teens where they would probably be picking if they're a 500 team. Yeah. All right. I like that. Or or, or a playoff team, as as you said, if Bridgewater does take them to the playoffs. New Orleans at Tampa Bay, Massey. It's time to poop or get off the pot. What do we what do we think here? Um it's gonna it's it's the old saying it's hard to beat a team twice in a season, you know. It's just a hard NFC South is really stacked this year. Bucks are only favored mm-hmm. by eleven. Um and you know, Taysom Hill really got a get right game against the Jets. So I, I predict the Saints to cover. Yeah. We got also the Batman returns here. We got Atlanta at San Francisco. Wait, I want to hear your, your thought about the Saints at the Bucks. Don't just take my word as as oh. gospel here. Tell me tell me what you what you see that I don't see about the Saints and the Bucks. I feel like the Bucks are doing what they did last year. They're getting hot at the right time, and this is an eleven point spread, and I probably would bet on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I just, we just need some reality. We need we need me to come yeah. down. I'm in denial. I'm in Saints denial. I see them beat the Jets. I'm like, yeah, look, look, look there. Jets in a blowout. Duh, we're right. Saints are a team where they're – are they a good, bad team, if if that makes any sense? Like, of all the Mm -hmm. teams that are bad, they're they're pretty good. Of all the really bad teams. I know what you're saying. It's like when the Chiefs were having – when they were having their little little streak, cold streak, it's like they were a bad, good team. 
this is like a good bad team. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Continue. <laughs> On with the chlorophyll. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. This is a pick'em game. Not surprised. Tennessee. I'm so got my Tennessee has my brain in a pretzel. I know. And Derrick Henry supposedly can come back if he if they make the. I mean, they'll probably make the playoffs because they're unless Indianapolis gives them a run here after this with this New New England game and the next four weeks left of the NFL season. Um, but it is, yeah, I would say it's a pretty close game. I, I do see why it's, why it's a pick them because Tennessee on the road, that's like a two, three point swing. So it makes sense to just make them or give Pittsburgh the, the home field nod and just make it a pick them game. Uh, Washington at Philadelphia. I'll take Tennessee because I've been, I've been picking against the Steelers all year and I'll continue to do so. I want to go with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to keep, you know, they're going to keep them, keep this AFC North battle. It's going to be maybe the best of all, best of all the uh, divisional battles at the end here. All right. All, all four teams, all four teams going into week 18 with a chance to win the division. Yikes. I think that's a great, I hope that happens. I like that. I uh, watched Philadelphia for the seventh seed or, you know, second and slash second in the NFC East. Not much to see here, but um, I don't know if Minshew, I'm guessing Hertz got the job back. I don't... They're coming off a of, coming off a of bye week, so I haven't even looked at this. It's nine and a half point favorite at home, Philadelphia is. That's that's what makes me confused. I would like to see Washington. I would take Washington and the points. But is Washington I feel like they're the most classic example of a streaky team. When Heineke is playing well, you're like, dude, this guy can play football. And then he'll just have some sort of like really bad interception you're like maybe he's not that good but it washington has this feistiness to them that i give them a little bit of credit so i think they'll be able to play the eagles close nine and a half point spread maybe i'm missing something maybe they're missing all their skill positions and i don't know that no clue no clue i'm sure COVID has something to do with it what else you got we got time for a couple more yeah i got the Catwoman tier i just got one i got houston and jacksonville maybe for the first pick the loser would be um, Houston obviously going to be quarterback hunting this offseason. They got to do something something with Deshaun. They'll probably pick somebody in the in the draft, maybe pick it. Some of these other quarterbacks I've seen, it's funny that Liberty, Cincinnati, Ole Miss, Pittsburgh and UNC, they have the best QBs with QBs draft stock come from those five schools going into the draft with Matt Corral from Ole Miss, Sam Howell from UNC. Forgot to look up Hugh Freeze's guy in Liberty and <laughs> who's your Cincinnati quarterback? What's his name? The grad grad student. Who's like 40. Oh, since I haven't, I haven't started to do my homework on Cincinnati yet. I don't know. <laughs> I think I know they have a lockdown corner and that the running back transferred from Alabama to Cincinnati. That's what I got so far. That's the type of yeah. research deep dive analytics you're going to get from Teton sports talk. Uh, I'll just push it till next week. I'll look at it later. Yeah, we got those. Yeah, we got those five quarterbacks that are supposedly the you know all they're all uh, they all got greasy hips, big hands, et cetera. But they're all like kind of got that first mid to first round, early second round draft grades. And you got Pittsburgh, Houston, Denver, Detroit, Carolina. They're all definitely going to probably make a quarterback change. You got teams that might or might not next year, as in the Giants, the Eagles, Atlanta. New Orleans TBD, you know, on Jameis, I'm sure yeah. they'll probably give him, they'll probably give him the, like the Dak Prescott, like you just got a, a uh, bad season ending injury. We'll give you another year type deal. I would guess they'll keep Jameis. So probably removes New Orleans from this picture, but yeah, there's, it's fun to start looking ahead at these teams that are going to go in the next year, obviously being quarterback starved and, you know, Ben might retire Teddy oh. Bridgewater, like I said, yeah, all these – and Detroit, they're not going to play with – they're not going to do the golf thing much longer. No, Carolina, no. the Darnold Cam Newton experiment has – Over. It's so funny. We're going to talk ourselves into uh, – sports fans, that is all the time we have for you this week. Download the podcast and iTunes or on Spotify. Subscribe. It's worth mentioning I'm traveling for Christmas uh, this week, next week and, and the next, so – we're going to take our Christmas break off. I know there's a lot of football between now and then. Follow us on Instagram where we'll keep you updated along the way. And that is it. And that is all.